0: In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name, by which he will be called, the Lord our Righteousness. Beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you in peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your mercies, that you are the faithful God truly. And you have provided for your people, you have provided especially in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the branch of righteousness, the greater Son of David, the one who is our righteousness in your sight, as Jesus came into this sin-cursed world, and his perfect obedience is imputed to all believers, as he even took our sins upon himself and suffered on the cross. How amazing is your love and your grace. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so help us to praise you as we ought, to give you honor and glory to worship according to the word of truth, to be guided by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and to have your grace leading us. Build us up in your service. Forgive our sins and guide us as we do pray it all in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. And let us again confess the true Christian faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. Now let's turn to our first hymn, 168. I greet thee, who my sure Redeemer art. Thank you. It is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ we must rely upon. Whatever people think in this world and whatever they look to for even acceptance with God, there is only one way the way, the truth, and the life Jesus Christ. And we depend upon him, we must, to have forgiveness and righteousness and acceptance with God forever. As a psalter reading today, look at Psalm 79, page 827. Psalm 79, again a psalm of one expressing the judgments that Israel endured and how they still, the faithful, looked unto him for deliverance. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. Your holy temple they have defiled. They have laid Jerusalem in heaps. The dead bodies of your servants, they have given as food for the birds of the heavens. The flesh of your saints to the of the earth. Their blood they have shed like water all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. Those who are us. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling place. Oh, o now remember former iniquities against us. Let your tender mercies come speedily to, to meet us. For we have been brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and provide atonement for our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in our sight the avenging of the blood of your servants which which have been shed. Let the groaning of the prisoner come before you. According to the greatness of your power, preserve those who are appointed to die. And return to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom, the reproach with which they have reproached you, O Lord. So we, your people and sheep of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. Well, certainly in other nations, there are those Christians who are persecuted for the faith and many who are killed for confessing Christ. We must look unto God for that final day. As he says, it will come, the day of righteousness, the day of judgment, when he will provide for his people, even bringing the The judgment of God upon the wicked and bringing all believers to everlasting life in a perfect world. There will be no more pain or suffering, tears or death there, but only glorious life with the triune God forever. And from the catechism today, let's look look at Lord's Day 27, page 868. The bottom left page 868 Questions 72 through 74, again on baptism. 72, is then the outward washing with water itself the washing away of sins? No, for only the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sin, Of course, there are those who have believed it was baptismal regeneration going on when water is placed upon the person, and therefore they are born again, or they have the work of the Holy Spirit, they could have forgiveness even through having received that water. But that's not the reality, it's that it points to Christ, it can be spoken of as being the washing away of sins, as the next question uh, deals with that, but... Uh, The reality is only Christ shed blood and the Holy Spirit cleanses us from all sin. 73, why then does the Holy Ghost call baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins? God speaks thus with great cause, namely, not only to teach us thereby that just as the filthiness of the body is taken away by water, so our sins are taken away by the blood and spirit of Christ, but much more that by this divine pledge and token, he may assure us that we are as really washed from our sins spiritually as our bodies are washed with water. Again, beloved... What uh, mercy of our God that he so condescends to give us even physical signs and seals to strengthen us in our faith, our weak faith, as it is so often that he has provided in this way that we can understand. As we wash even with water, wash our bodies day by day, his Christ's blood and spirit wash us spiritually to be cleansed from our sins. It's that certain we can know it as God assures in holy baptism. Seventy-four, are infants also to be baptized? Yes, for since they, as well as their parents, belong to the covenant and people of God, and through the blood of Christ, both redemption from sin and the Holy Ghost, who works faith, are promised to them no less than to their parents, they are also by baptism as a sign of the covenant to be engrafted into the Christian church and distinguished from the children of unbelievers, as was done in the Old Testament by circumcision, in place of which, in the New Testament, baptism is appointed. Well, the God of the Old Testament is still the God of the New Testament of all times, of all ages, of course. He's the God of the covenant of grace. He called Abraham and his descendants to trust in him. He gave the sign of circumcision for, yes, they're male infants as they represented others. And so uh, God is still the one who gives us such sign and seal. In the New Testament, it is baptism. So appointed, even in Colossians 2, it says directly that uh, uh, baptism is the circumcision of Christ. And so our children are to receive it. It's not something that guarantees anything for all. There were covenant breakers in the Old Testament. But it is the promise of the Lord God to work in our families, and we can trust him and look to him in that way. We can rely upon the Lord as we do pray for his mercies, as we want to teach our children, certainly, to know God through Jesus Christ. May the Lord so show his power and his goodness in all our families. Yes, may God receive all the honor, all the glory. Again, with the God of grace as our Heavenly Father, the God of the covenant, he is the one who calls us to worship, to hear his word, to respond to it in our lives. and He will hear our prayers. How marvelous. He is such a God of grace and mercy to his people. And so let us join together in our time of prayer. Again, O oh, Heavenly Father, we do give you praise and honor. We want you to be glorified. We are so aware, indeed, as we must be, even in greater measure, that you are Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have provided for all who will trust in Him. That uh, we know our sins, we need our need, uh, we know our need of the Savior of redemption in Him, and so we praise you as we think of that in this time of year perhaps in a special way that christ came from heaven he lived in this sin cursed world he taught the truth and he pointed to himself as the redeemer he is god and man and one person the one we must look to who gave himself so fully completely yes O oh christ you did that in perfect righteousness and you provided the the obedience that was necessary as your obedience is imputed to all believers and so you are also the God who has provided by atonement at the cross. You gave yourself so fully and bore the wrath of God for all the elect. How we praise you for such mercies, O Lord. May we show ourselves to be thankful as your covenant people. May we follow in your ways, surrender ourselves more and more unto you. Yes, may we hear your word and respond to it in faith and new obedience. Guide and build us up as a congregation in faith and in numbers according to your good pleasure. We do pray that for ourselves, certainly, as families and individuals. And we do pray for all our congregations in the RSS that the word of the Lord Jesus Christ will go forth this day and always. We do pray that for other denominations and wherever the word of the Lord Jesus is proclaimed this day, that it will show its power and its glory. Yes, may many be built up in faith. And lost sinners one to the lord jesus grant repentance and faith according to your mercies that you would receive all the honor all the praise with our mission works we do pray for them we think of our work in omaha and uh, uh, new uh, work now again in uh, denver and certainly in montana we ask for your blessings and that you'll guide and build up your people be with our established churches that need pastors. We think of Redeemer Reformed at Golden Valley, and we ask for your direction there. And Be with the classes meeting coming up, as if they have any candidates there. And, and uh, we pray for uh, Matthew Dawn, as he's the uh, candidate to be uh, licensed, and hopefully go to uh, Garner in Iowa. We pray for your blessings, O Lord, in all situations, that you would be honored. Be with those who need your healing, care, and comfort. We thank you; you have answered in so many ways, and we ask you to continue to do that. To be with uh, Earl in his recovery and uh, from the uh, uh, surgery, and thank you that you provided in that way. Jacob and Joan Benson, and Reverend Bowen, Reverend Lastly, others, and may you receive the praise again as you answer for the good of your people and the building up of your church. You pray for the nielsons and be with Jerry in North Dakota and Kathy here, and ask for your blessings upon them. Kyle going to Minnesota now for uh, his training and the uh, uh, safety position. We pray that he will continue with that and that you would guide and direct him, that he would show self-control by your mercies, not turn to alcohol, and, but uh, be able to do the work that he's uh, been uh, given and that you would be honored in that. Again, help us all to hear your word. Help me to proclaim it and that you would build us up in your service. Believers in other lands who do suffer for the faith. May they be strong in in Christ in their confession of Him, come what may, and may the persecutors be brought to repentance. We do pray for your glory in all of these things. We do pray for the protection of the unborn in our own state and nation in this uh, election year again. We pray for righteousness and truth, certainly in courts and in the election that's coming up, and we pray you'll provide. Uh, according to your goodwill, and and that you would be honored again in that. Again, help us to follow in your ways at all times. Be with us as your people guide and provide for us, even with safety and, and, most of all, trust in you. We do pray. And we ask it all in Jesus' name, with the forgiveness of our sins, as we have that assurance only by trusting in him. And we do pray it in his name. Amen. let's turn then to hymn number 251 as we stand to sing beneath the cross of jesus we know everything that uh, we hope for depends upon him to have forgiveness and everlasting life in that perfect world to come that is assurance of all god's people all true believers and sinful self, my only shame, my glory, all the cross. Scripture passage for the sermon today, Acts 14, 8-18. 14 starting at verse 8 when paul and barnabas were at lystra and in lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked this man heard paul speaking paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice stand up straight on your feet and he leaped and walked And when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Now you know, of course, many unbelievers will simply say they are not religious. They're not interested in religion and worship. However, the reality is that human beings are created in God's image, and so we have a spiritual nature for one thing. We are body and soul or spirit. Therefore, all people will worship or give ultimate honor to something or someone. And that can mean most anything. Those without true faith will put themselves and their desires in that exalted place. Oh, it may mean doing whatever they can for significant others, or it would be, could be honor for themselves, things, money, sex, whatever, all as a form of worship, really. Yes, many try to deny that in our day. Yet in centuries past, to acknowledge something as worshipped was most common. And so whether it is false or true religion is the great question. That all should desire to know the answer to rightly. In the ancient pagan world, there were elaborate thoughts, as you know, elaborate thoughts as to a number of gods supposed to exist. And those supposed beings were really sinful, like people, for they were conceived in the minds of sinners. They just had more power than people typically. Well, we rightly call such mythology or myth. But with Christ coming into this world, the message of the one true creator God was sent to the Gentile nations with the only way of salvation proclaimed in him. So yes, let us consider false religion and true religion, for we must each believe and hold to the true religion, of course. Well, this account at Lystra is the first time these missionaries came to a town with no synagogue mentioned, at least. And the emphasis is obviously on the response of the heathen, who had false religion. And here you see that involved foolish presumption. That is, when they saw the healing of this crippled man, they immediately thought of their false gods of mythology, that they'd come down to them and perform this miracle. And they were saying that in their native Lyconian language. And so because of that, that language that they did not recognize, Paul and Barnabas did not realize at first the foolishness of what the people said and what the priest of Zeus planned. And these people were so filled with foolish presumption. For although Luke does not spell it out, they no doubt heard Paul, as well it says they heard him speaking, and no doubt heard of Christ from those missionaries. And yet what do they do when they see the miracle? They immediately go back go back to what they had learned growing up, I'm sure, false religion when they saw the miracle. As one said, because unbelievers can twist the works of the true God into something false, There may be few miracles wrought, even with new revelation, as this was such a time. Well, this was the first and only healing miracle recorded by Paul and Barnabas during this missionary journey. Indeed, this scene, then, is a warning that falsehood learned when young may be hard to forsake when the truth is heard later. And so on the other side, the encouragement for us, the calling for us, of course, is that our youth need to hear rightly of God in Christ, as we all must at all ages of life. Now in this situation, there was a local legend that Zeus and Hermes had visited the region before. There's a Latin poem by Ovid, and they were given the Roman names of Jupiter and Mercury there. And one aged couple was said to welcome those two gods. And their cottage then was changed into a temple with a golden roof and marble pillars. The other people who refused those two, those disguised gods, had their houses destroyed. And so again, the foolish presumption was that it was happening again. That's why they called Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes as he was supposed to be the messenger of the gods. Oh, beloved, with that, let us also think of how this one miracle was seen, and what a difference with most of the Jews' treatment toward Christ when he performed many miracles in their midst. For they foolishly presumed he was a mere man, and the unbelieving still despised him. Yes, they sent him all the way to the cross. Here, the foolish thinking was that Paul and Barnabas were gods, for unbelief will lead in the greatest variety of evil ways. And we can see how that is so evident in our own time, with all the foolishness, all the evils that are manifest, even, say, denying the reality of what is male and female and so forth. And it's false religion even wanting material profit there. And you know that is what's behind, really, so much of the thinking of, quote, transgenderism, material profit of lifelong patience. False religion certainly can and does involve such foolish presumption. It also involves false honor. Again, that's obvious in what the priest in particular attempted. And we're told that a temple of Zeus was outside the entrance to the city. You know, ruins of that particular one have not been discovered. Yet Yet another temple for Zeus outside a nearby city has been found. In any case, the priest brought oxen with woolen garlands on them as decked out for animals to be offered to the gods. And he clearly intended to sacrifice, and the multitudes evidently agreed Though that would be false honor to the missionaries and so-called gods. Indeed, the crowd would not want to fail in hospitality again, as in the legend. But also said, worldly gain could be thought of. For think of it, if the gods appeared there, if that was the story and so forth, the temple at Lystra would have been thought of as favored above others. People would come there, material offerings would be brought there, and the city would have such fame and the benefit of trade done there. Well, as anywhere has said, while false priests are out to net their profits and the people are truly delighted to be confirmed in their errors, Satan has such freedom to deceive. Again, that is the way in this world throughout all of its time. Well, when Paul and Barnabas heard it, in Greek probably, what was intended, they tore their clothes. They were repulsed at the blasphemous attempt to regard them as divine. And, yeah, you can note that they did not do so when they were threatened as with stoning to death but they cared most for God's honor. And, of course, that's what you and I must care most for, God's honor in all of life. And so they would not receive any false praise, and clearly no honor should be given to us or to anyone if it profanes the triune God's glory. Well, may you and I then think how the calling to be Christians, Christians and servants of Christ, is the great honor of all believers. Yes, the greatest honor for us. That is far beyond anything of this world. And so let us each give all glory to the Lord Jesus for that, and praise the one true God, now and forevermore. Dear ones, let us each reject, then, and speak against all false religion, and that will include anything contrary God's holy word in the scriptures, of course. And as Paul and Barnabas did, let us hold to and proclaim what is the true religion. As elsewhere, that means the truth from God, which depends, depends on Christ. Now, as with other very similar healings, the Lord's power was manifest here. The man, again, had been a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. That is plainly as can be. Again, he heard Paul speaking, though. And from the context, I think that included an account of how Jesus did such good in healing many. For this man believed he could be healed by Christ, who was even raised from the dead. And Paul understood the man had faith to be healed. Well, John Calvin wrote, this was a unique and extraordinary movement of the Holy Spirit in healing the cripple as it was, on the other hand, in Paul when he recognized the man's faith solely through looking at him. After all, most Christians have not received such extraordinary healing, though they are endowed with the spirit of adoption all the same. And we depend on the Lord Jesus While the most obvious miracles are not being provided like this since the scriptures have been completed. Again, here Paul spoke out in a loud voice for the man to stand up. His obvious intent was that the people could be convinced, convinced of the truth of the living God and salvation in Christ. Yes, he had proclaimed the work of the Lord Jesus already, I believe. And now it was a command and a divine enabling when Paul said, stand up straight on your feet. And that does have parallels elsewhere, which we can learn from, as you and I are to depend on Christ for all true religion. For example, in Luke 5, there was that man paralyzed at the time who was let down through the roof of a house by his friend's right before Jesus, who healed him with a command to arise. And so he walked out. In Acts 3, there was also a man lame from his mother's womb. Peter commanded there, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And the man was healed. Also in Acts 9, Peter said to one paralyzed for eight years, He said, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you, Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. And so here obviously Paul showed the power which Jesus and Peter had but of course it is always, always the power of God through Christ so displayed. Peter and Paul certainly denied any such power of their own. They gave all glory to the Lord. And again you and I must do that very thing, do the same in all the blessings we have received. Give glory and praise to God. Whatever we work for, whatever we do, it doesn't depend upon us but upon his mercies, his goodwill. Also along with this, as Matthew Henry wrote, this all reminds us of the spiritual, spiritual inability of all people by nature. We are unable to believe on Jesus Christ, without regeneration. And so we must pray to the Lord. We must certainly, brothers and sisters, cry out to him for that spiritual reality to be more shown, more brought to pass in this world. We are to call sinners to repent and trust in Christ while we know the Holy Spirit must work that response in them. Oh, like the crippled one, may faith be shown in multitudes more. For the man depended on Jesus as the great healer, as shown by his ready obedience to Paul's command. Yes, that dependence is essential for true religion. For only Jesus as a God-man could successfully pay the penalty for sin on the cross. In him alone can anyone be acceptable to the holy God, to have forgiveness and everlasting life. And so again, the only true religion depends on Christ. It also honors the living God. Yes, that's clearly what Paul and Barnabas sought When they realized the priest and the people were going to treat them as gods, they ran into the crowd to stop it. Verse 15, they cried out, Why are you doing these things? They said, We're just men with the same nature as you. And they said again, they'd come preaching to turn them from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. Well, it sounds very much like the language in the commandment, even on the fourth commandment, that we are to have a day of rest because God so rested after he made all things. Well, obviously, with the Jews and God-fearers before, they were simply told of Jesus as the Messiah, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. But here, with a pagan audience, they had to proclaim the one true God as shown, even in natural revelation, in the creation of the world and the universe. Then they could say what that God is like. And if you look ahead, it's close to Paul's message to the Athenians in chapter 17, although there they evidently had more knowledge of the Greek poets and philosophers, so it appears, from the message. Anyway, the missionaries here could not allow themselves to be treated as gods when that's what they wanted to cast down. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 8, four, an idol is nothing in the world and there is no other God but one. Well, the word here for preach speaks of good news. Yes, to evangelize, to preach the good news. And it's good news even that there is a living God who created all there is and people should turn to him. Conversion is what the people needed. That was also said by Peter after healing the lame man in chapter 3, verse 19. For redemption from sin, as with the miracle of healing, was provided by the risen Christ, for all who will turn to him. Indeed, you can see how the call to these Gentiles, as much as was described of the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, Paul wrote that they had turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And perhaps here at Lystra it was also said, as verse 10 there, that the Thessalonians were waiting for God's Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Yes, sinners everywhere need to hear of that. There is wrath to come. And they need to turn to the Lord to be so delivered to be forgiven, to be accepted by God. In any case, Luke showed the basic addition said to these pagan Gentiles beyond the message to the Jews and God-fearers. That is, there is only one true God. They must turn to him. They must honor him. And therefore, Paul said their idols and false gods were useless, useless. Think of that, how so many people in this world today follow after useless things, trying to satisfy themselves with whatever they can, and they still have emptiness in heart and soul and mind. We need to hear the gospel, of course. Yes, beloved, you and I must say there is no true religion apart from God's word, apart from the Bible. That's clearly seen throughout history. It was seen in the falsehoods of the medieval church and still can be seen in cults today going beyond or denying the written word. It's false religion. You and I, as all people, are called to submit ourselves to the scriptures, the true word of God. And as said in our verse 16, God in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Yes, they were let to go with their false religions until Christ came. But please understand and say that it does not matter how long falsehood suppressing truth has continued nor how widespread it is as it's from the fall of man. And even after the flood when God dealt with sin in that severe way, mankind quickly reverted to idolatry still when the truth of our lord jesus christ is heard all are responsible to believe on him and no one has an excuse than to rely on his or her human wisdom otherwise instead we must all honor the living the triune god or face his judgment so think of that the living god i know of someone who spoke of christ in india for an example And there, you know, there are so many false gods, so numerous, and many of them are said to have gone to an underworld. Well, one here in the gospel, older man started jumping up and down, jumping up and down, and he cried out, I want the living God, the living God. Well, yes, the one true living triune God is who we need. That one, the creator of all, is eternal, of course. And this God is life. And he gives life to all his creatures, but especially spiritual and everlasting life to the followers of Jesus. Praise be to God for that true religion, the only true religion. Lastly, true religion heeds heeds God's witnesses, or God's witness. And by that I mean what Paul spoke of here, God's witness to himself. Certainly, the scriptures must be heeded when they're heard in truth from anyone, from any witness of the Lord, but here, natural revelation is God's witness to himself, even. Yes, before Christ's coming, the Almighty let all nations except for Israel walk in their own ways. That is, he did not reveal himself to other nations as to Abraham and his descendants in the covenant of grace. And because of that, and what Paul said here, some will try to say God did not hold the nations as guilty for their ignorance. And yet it was really, you know, willful ignorance. As Paul wrote of such in Romans 1.18 and following that sinners suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They want to hold it down. Don't want to face it. Don't want to think of their disobedience and the judgment that they know is coming upon them rightly. Oh, unbelievers are, are held guilty before God because creation and conscience reveal him, as the apostle continued there. But the Israelites, who also had his written word, were judged more severely for disobedience, and that judgment was fitting. And so with that understanding of allowed, that must inform us from Paul speaking uh, about his speaking at Athens, chapter 1730, when he said, These times of ignorance God overlooked all your idolatry, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. For he has shown he will judge the world by the man, Christ, whom he raised from the dead. Therefore, this, the past overlooking or allowing did not mean indifference on God's part, but wonderful patience, patience. As one said, it was a miracle of mercy that the unbelieving nations were not destroyed and still have not all been destroyed. And His goodness, forbearance and long-suffering should lead sinners to repentance. Romans 2:4. Well, besides just forbearing with unbelieving sinners, God's witness included what he did, what he did in the world. He did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. And So, dear ones, you and I can say that was according to his promise after the flood. Yes, God promised seasons and harvests that they would continue to the end of the world. He said that in Genesis 8. And the Lord has done so much, given so much, even to fill our hearts with food and gladness. And so I say, if anyone complains to you that there there are droughts and there are famines, well, tell them that such is God's righteous judgment against man's sin shown in the curse upon it. Yet that is not, not the ordinary course of nature as he provides so much typically. Indeed, how the Lord God has provided leaves all people without excuse, Romans 1.20, as His power and goodness are manifest in this world. And you know, all of that, all of that should have said, made, have made men mindful of Him and of His claims upon their worship. Yes, God's witness in forbearance and provisions must do that for you and me. Oh, how good is the Lord our God. He is so good, as opposed to the carnal ideas of men like these Paul and Barnabas went to. You know, you think of that even with their idea of Zeus. What is he doing? What is he supposed to be doing on his throne? Holding a thunderbolt. That he's ready to strike whomever he determines. We rather look to the God of grace and mercy to his people through Christ. And so again, in creation and providence, the only God has shown himself to be the true and living one. He supplies the needs of people, as Paul said, even to these pagans. And so they should, quote, abandon the gods which are not gods, but utter vanities, and turn to the true God. But what do you see at the end, still, the missionaries were scarcely able to restrain them from sacrificing to them. Again, as Calvin said, how insane and untamed is the world's passion of idolatry. But all are being called with the gospel, the gospel when they hear it, called to repent of such, of all false gods, all false religion, to rely upon Jesus Christ for forgiveness and eternal life Oh, beloved, what love and thankfulness the triune God, who is so good to us, is owed, owed by all people. May you and I say that to others, and may we each hold to this true religion always. Amen. Let us pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are the true God indeed, the only one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And you have made all things for your glory, including all mankind. May we hold to the truth then as you have revealed yourself in general revelation and all the creation and all you provide for us and certainly in your forbearance with sinners and certainly in special revelation. You have revealed yourself as Christ came above all and all that he did for the redemption of sinners. And now we have the written word to rely upon how we thank you for such faithfulness, such goodness, grace and mercy, such love you have made plain. May we truly be your servants, then, in all gratitude. May we be thankful and love you as we ought. May your grace and spirit so guide us to have that repentance and faith and be your witnesses in all of life. Again, forgive our sins make us more thankful to you. Guide us as we do pray it. For your glory and for the good of others as well as ourselves, as we ask it in Jesus' name for his sake. And now let us pray together as we, as you know, Christ taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This time we can give up our tithes and offerings to the Lord in gratitude. Let's turn our last hymn, 256, There is a Green Hill Far Away, as we stand to sing, as we acknowledge what Christ has done to be the crucified and the risen Redeemer. to have such thankfulness for all that Christ has done for all who will believe in him. Now do receive the Lord's benediction. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.